You're about to experience the cultural phenomena that's sweeping the nation. Oh yeah, it's happening. Sticking paws off me, you damn dirty ape! Episode 84 of the Stinking Paws podcast with Scott and again, no Charlie, unfortunately, but but thankfully I've got Paul and Liam with me. Hello, guys. <laughs> Hello, Scott. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Um, um, it's unfortunate that Charlie's not here, but Liam could make it. <laughs> Thank you. Listen to the bloopers at the end. For yeah. reference to that. We're recording two episodes in one evening. And tonight it's going to be Liam's choice because we, we we spoke to Paul about Interstellar last time. So Liam, what are we going to be talking about tonight in your movie? Um, I've chosen The Crow, um, which was based on James O'Barr's comic uh, by the same name. Uh, James O'Barr wrote this. He originally wrote the comic um, slightly based off his own life. He was with a woman. Uh, it kind of went wrong. She was. Uh, hit by a drunk driver when she was pregnant and it killed her and obviously the baby so James O'Barr wrote the comic styled a lot of the graphics and that on Iggy Pop um, oh, and the body shape and things like that which if anyone's ever read the comic of the crow you would see the graphics on that um, which was then turned in for the 1994 cult classic um, with Brandon Lee um, who unfortunately lost his life making the film um, which probably is the reason why it became a cult classic. I I couldn't say otherwise. I, I just love the film regardless whether he died or not. I just For me, it's a huge film. Um, but yeah, it's uh, one that I thought I chose because I've not really heard much about it from anyone else. I know a few friends that it's one of their favourite films, but yeah. it'd be interesting to hear what others think as well. People once believed that when someone dies, a crow carries their soul the land of the dead. But sometimes, just sometimes, the crow could bring that soul back to put the wrong things right.
The Crow, released on the 10th of June 1994 in the UK. Directed by Alex, is it Proyas, Liam? I believe so, yeah. Yeah, okay, we'll go with that. Starring Brandon Lee, Michael Wincott, Rochelle Davis. Synopsis from what we can see on IMDb. A man, brutally murdered, come back to life as an undead avenger of his and his fiancée's murder. Now, <clears throat> Liam's choice tonight. It did. Pretty sure it's your favourite movie. It is. Is that, is that safe to say? It, it, it really is. Uh, if, uh, if First film that comes to mind, if someone asks me on the spot, that's what comes to my mind. Okay, you're of this age. How old were you in 94? <laughs> I was nine. That's, no, uh, that's, that's fine. That's, what a baby. That, yeah, but... <laughs> nine years of age. Um, part of my conversation will be to you is, is why it's your favourite movie and why it hits home with you and stuff like I think... That. I mean, obviously, I didn't watch it when I was nine because... Did you not? When did you first see it? I think I saw this probably, I would say when I was maybe, maybe, I was in my teens. Yeah. Um, Obviously, it was, at the time, it was an 18-rated movie. Um, So, obviously, I wasn't allowed to watch it, but... um, which is strange because if you look at it now, it wouldn't even be a 15. Yeah. I don't um, think. And I think it did get put down to a 15 at some point. But um, honestly, I think it, it might have been, I'll, I'll be very honest, I think partly social convention, um, I was around a lot of people that kept talking about the film. A lot of my friends that are older than me was talking about it was in the same music so kind of got us into the same sort of films and they they, they mentioned to me The Crow and I was like I, I'd always seen these the film cover in video shops yeah. and people used to say oh, it's Wes Craven film and a lot Wes of people in, including yeah. Paul said to me Wes Craven I was like no it's not but um, a lot of people thought it and surprisingly I mean a lot more people than you'd think thought it was Wes Craven yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah I think Why? because I think it's well, it's I, I thought it was Wes Craven because people had mentioned to me it was a Wes Craven film. It used to have Brandon Lee's name at the title, at the, yeah. sto- at the top of the cover. Yeah. And a lot of people, uh, and genuinely, stupidly, a lot of people just assumed that was Wes Craven. It said Wes Craven, not Brandon Lee. How? Uh, I, that I do not know. <laughs> but if you have a look, if you have a look on Google and type in Wes Craven, the, and sometimes it comes up the crow because people often search for that. Yeah. Never I've made never by Wes Craven. Honestly, it's it's one of those misconceptions. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Okay. But um, for myself, I I, I think regardless of my age, and that I was always kind of um, deep and meaningful. But the crow kind of just hit me. It's like if if you in regards to the film, if if you was to if you was in love. No matter what level. So imagine if you was in love to the Romeo and Juliet level, which yeah. in regards <laughs> of love, that's the ultimate. <laughs> yeah. If you was in love to that level when someone took that person away from you from from you, regardless if you live or die, you're you're upset to the point and you have that chance to come back. Yeah. What would you do? And that yeah. film is what makes me go that's that's why I love because like you tell me what someone that come and I shouldn't say this, actually. I genuinely shouldn't because I shouldn't say this. Brandon Lee says this in the last ever interview he done. Yeah. Ever. 
is that you tell me how someone that comes back from the dead acts. Yeah. And that's why I love this film. And it may be, it may be because of the last interview ever done. It also, it's, it's that love films are always just la di da di da I love you, yes, we're going to be. But to come back from something that's already happened, to avenge it, to kill them, just so you can be at peace in whatever afterward you believe in, that right there is true love. That that is it, yeah, so to it me is. as a kid. I was like, what more love could you have? You can love someone for eternity, but if you can love someone from when you're dead onwards, that's what done it for me. I, I, I can see that sign from a movie point of view, which is what I tend to focus on. Yeah, yeah. We don't get that development of their story beforehand or of their of as to why they we, are the film opens up with them two being murdered yeah yeah there's no these two guys are in love this is their big relationship this is what's going on yeah but that to make it too long a to answer that, but, too, but then, too but then you drawn don't, out yeah but then you don't get this feeling of okay there's this sense of loss but if, if you was to for example, as Paul said, if, if it's a joint out, based on our previous episode when we were talking about um, Interstellar, yeah. if you go too long, it can bore people. But, but you need this, some... If you watch the film, right? When was the last time you watched the film, Scott? Uh, Wednesday, three nights ago. Brilliant. Um, <laughs> <laughs> if anybody thinks I'm getting too much into this, it's because it's my favourite film. But... If you notice, there's bits about it. it's a very dark, as in colour-wise, productionally, yes. yeah. very dark. Very, blacks, greys, reds, it's very darkly mm. done. Um, but the only bits that are colourful are the bits when he's in love, whether it's sitting in the attic when she turns around and says, tell me right. you love me, yeah. he says, I love yeah. you. She yeah. says, says, that, says that again. And it's the bits when Sarah's on a skateboard and he grabs her because it can't rain all the time. It's yeah. them bits that make you go, right. there was so, love. So what yeah. the director's doing is he's getting the, the pre-story brought in. in. Yeah. yeah. He, because in a very clever way. He, he, he accentuating the, the points of yeah. true love. If he bores you to beginning and goes, love, 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 you're going to go, yeah, we know what's going to happen now. Right. But to draw you and go, what, what's happened here? What's happened here? Like, oh, shit, they're dead. Oh, whoa, he's come. It, it's that, then you go, but hang on, and then it starts showing the little snippets of, and the film come out at a time when, um, for anybody that like myself would know that grunge was its highest. Yes. Um, Brandon Lee, who obviously unfortunately died making the film, is buried with his dad, the legendary Bruce Lee, in Seattle, and Seattle being the grunge, grunge scene for everything. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it spawned Nirvana and things like that, and Pearl Jam. And it came, if you watch The Crow, it's a grimy, grunge film. Yeah. And I think that's why it became a cult film. And for me personally, I think I think it hits home because I, and I, I don't, to say, like, in, in, in all honesty, I don't know if it is the film or not, but I was a, for better words, a grunger, that people would say was shouldn't be and shouldn't be, you're not accepted, you're bullying for that sort of shit. But it was a different film for everyone. It wasn't a, it wasn't an action hero film. It wasn't a typical love film that you go, oh, you know what's going to happen. It wasn't any rom-com or shit. Like, again, I, I'm going to quote Brandon Lee, who 
again died. But in his last interview, every interview, he says that how many it's about love being limitless. It's like how many times in your life will you ever see the full moon rise? Yeah. Perhaps twenty. How many times will you remember a certain afternoon in your childhood so important to you that you cannot conceive without it? Maybe ten, fifteen more times. But yeah, it all seems limitless to us. Yeah. And he says that that this is nineteen ninety four. We're in 2018 right now. Yeah. That is still the truth now. We think of things like, it's okay that we don't care so much because we've got tomorrow. But how important does saying to someone, uh, and I think for Brandon, and uh, talking about the film, not myself, but Brandon Lee was due to get married yes. after making the film. Eliza? Eliza, yeah. yeah. The film is dedicated to Brandon and Eliza. And, uh, in, from what I've read, Eliza genuinely could not cope with living very well after. Brandon Lee's mum had to ask her to stop because she she couldn't cope, which, yeah. well, fuck it, I couldn't probably if I lost someone up. But the film, I think, is so poignant because he lost his life making a film when he was due to get married, about a film where he lost his life when he was due to get married. Yeah. yeah. It, and it's that's very ironic. Cult yeah. classic because yeah. you, you, you can pick apart this film for certain reasons. You can judge it for every reason, but it will always hit home to everyone if they let it. It's not... I mean, I, I'm probably going to go too deep, so I'll let you... No, no, just say. about to say to you, before we go over to Paul, do you think that this film means more to people if they know more about the underlying story and what was going on? If people to watch this as a film... If this was a yep. bit of celluloid, boom, or a video, DVD, whatever, would it appeal to people more if they researched more into the background of it? I mean, I didn't get that. I, I, I genuinely would say I have a signed copy by James O'Barr. Yeah. I have a signed copy of The Crow. Um, and I got that after watching the film. Mm-hmm. Again, because I was a lot older than when it came out. But it hit me watching it as a teen. Yeah. Without knowing, I, I just watched the film. My friend so, said, "How old were you first saw it?" I would probably say thirteen, maybe fourteen. Um, so you're talking about maybe you're talking about ten years after the film came out. I watched it. See, that's interesting, actually. Yeah, you would. And, and that's the thing. I distance between. Yeah. Yeah, the the film came out when it did, and I, I, I'd obviously even as a nine or as a nine year old, I didn't know nothing about Bruce Lee or Brandon. I didn't even know the man had a son. So, so what, what appealed to you at the time when you were like 12, 13? Is, were you into comics back then? Uh, yes, yeah. mass, massively. So were you aware of the comic beforehand or the graphic no. novel? Or... No, that's that's so, the, the, the crazy thing for me as a fan of the film was that, um, and I'll, I'll put it down to one uh, at the time, very good friend, my friend Paul, um, when I was younger, who's mentioned about this film and... Um, my friend Dan as well had a tattoo at the, from the, the lettering of the crow at the yeah. time. And I was like, ah, oh. and, and part of it was like, a, oh, I need to fit into this conversation. Mm-hmm. Mentioned, like, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, it's a good film. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, why is it after you? I was like, no. So they said, like, have a look. And I was like, okay. And uh, to be honest, I actually used to go into video shops, Movie Express on Lenton Road. I used to walk in there and be like, that looks like a horror. I don't want to watch it. That looks scary. <laughs> so I'm not a fan of horrors. I, I like gory from, yeah. from, from the, the video cover. cover. It looked yeah. like a horror film. It looked like it? a yeah. horror film. Yeah. And again, as me and Paul discussed, I thought 
Wes Craven, our fr- Freddy Krueger. This Wes Craven thing's really yeah. baffling me, it, actually. Honestly, if you have a look, it comes yeah. up. People assume it. I mean, I genuinely Why? looked at it. I don't, I can't see how. I think uh, it might have been a typo once where someone had released a cover and put Wes Craven's oh, name right, on top. Okay, I, I, yeah. I don't know, but yeah, yeah I watched this film um, thinking, oh, people like it, so I've got to like it. But um, stupidly, like, Maybe it was, might be stupidly then, it's not stupidly now because I love the film, but it really did. Uh, I might be going on and on a bit, but it, it kind of like... Hell, it's your film, mate, you carry on. <laughs> it, it really hit me. I um, Maybe See, it was at a point where I was growing up and it meant more. If I'd watched it as a nine-year-old, I'd probably go, what's this? If I'd watched it as a 40-year-old, I'd go, what's this? This is the thing that's intrigued me. When, when you said to me a couple of weeks ago, Scott, I want to talk about The Crow. And I know from previous conversations with you... Yeah, for years you, now. <laughs> you, yeah, that yeah. you love this film. For me, I mean, Christ, I'm nearly 50. Paul, you're very nearly 50. Rubbish. <laughs> 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 He's very, very, very um, close to 52 years off. In, in 1990... What is it? Four? four yeah. To us, it wasn't a major event. It wasn't a major no. movie... And I think, um, and I can get that. That's the thing. I, I don't, I would never say, because um, Paul mentioned to me recently that he'd watched it for the first time in decade. 20 years, 30 yeah. years, whatever it might have been. Yeah. And, and, and that's the thing. And I, I wouldn't, and Paul did say to me, like, he actually, he, he did like the film. And there was, right. other than some CGI parts, like, at the yeah. time, you can imagine. But yeah, for the fact that someone... We can say that about any film, yeah. can't we? Yeah. But the fact that someone sure. hasn't seen that film for a very long time and then to watch it pretty much in regards as new eyes. Because I could... For, for Paul watching it in 2018 as opposed to watching it in 1995, 6, 7, 8, 9. And I think I am... Maybe I am slightly defensive of the film, but they, they've tried to remake it and every time something's gone wrong and they've now mentioned... Um, What's your name? Uh, the actor who's playing the, sorry, the Mermaid Man in Justice League. Um, Jason Momoa. Jason Momoa, yeah. Who I think is a great actor. Yes. But for me, and yes, there are points of this film that are not the comic because there's parts in it where the Skull Cowboy, which no one would know, is supposed to bring the crow back, supposed to bring Brandon Lee back. Sorry, reverse that. The Skull Cowboy is supposed to bring Eric Draven back from the dead, mm-hmm. not the crow. The bird is just there. It's a, it's a carries the light. The Skull Cowboy is the one that's supposed to be in the comic. Is it Eric Draven or Eric D. Raven? <laughs> it's Draven. It's definitely Draven. No, D. Raven would make more sense because Raven being the crow. Yeah, no, it's, it's definitely Eric Draven. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah it's it's originally it was like mentioned to be Skull Cowboy and there was part of a film that was made to have that but obviously it didn't get made Uh, it's difficult for me to judge this film um, you might want to ask Paul Song because he seems to be yawning a bit no I I I, just I actually watched it Wednesday night Thursday night Thursday night yeah and I enjoyed it there's a few bits in it where you could say, like, the CGI or whatever, like, yeah. were dated. But it is a film made in 1994, so you you're going to have to uh, accept that it's going to yeah. be a bit bit off. And I, I, I genuinely, sorry, I just need to I actually appreciate that. Uh, uh, purely because uh, 
me and Paul are very good friends, but um, it's there's a lot of times me and Paul spoke about films that we don't both agree on. Yeah, but uh, you, don't, you don't you don't judge on technical. No, 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 no. no, no. I mean, thing, but this is it's a film that we both can say. Uh, I think sometimes it's good that someone that you know can accept a film the same way you do. Maybe not the same level, but he, he hasn't said like there's times where we've both said like I, I spoke about Space Jam before. Yeah, and I can accept that it's genuinely crap to everyone now, <laughs> <laughs> and it is. It really yeah. is. I watched it recently. It is. But the crow, it's 1994. Space Jam come in 1996. Yeah. But it, if you take is... out the two or three scenes where he's sitting on the top of the block of flats, that the the panoramic view of of yeah. that CGI'd at the time. I is mean, props absolute... to Ernie Hudson who was in it by the way. Yeah. That is absolutely shit. The Black Ghostbuster for you, yeah. people. No, Ernie but, Hudson is superb. Yeah. Yeah. Movie. I've actually got that written down. He's Sergeant <laughs> Albrecht. Yep. Yeah, and he he played a great role in it. But, but freeze! If you actually <laughs> look at the, the film, by the way, the the film rather than the CGI view of it, take it as it is, as yeah, opposed yeah. to now. Yeah, if you could imagine that as a brand new film with better CGI, then there's nothing wrong with it. But it's a great story. It is a very empathetic story of a, a person losing the woman he loves coming back to revenge them yeah. and even to the point of revenging them still being sympathetic to the people around like the little girl like the police officer yeah that's exactly it I, I obviously people can't see what I'm doing right now but every word Paul said my fist kind of went in the same motion as he said it's just <laughs> It's exactly like Brandon Lee said, is how does somebody that has lost it all come back from that? How do they act? Please say how you would, because you do not yeah. know. Yeah. And that's the beauty. Yeah. If this film was made now, don't don't put Jason Momoa in it. You put the best actor on earth in it. But if you just bring back every actor that was there, put them in it now and make it now with whatever graphics we have now, you tell me, it's poorly done because how would you make a film when someone takes you, you think of any family member that we have lost all of us have lost family but you think of anyone that is listening to this who may have lost a, uh, a father mother grand, how would they act if they could come back through injustice to to fend for it how would they act you do not know and that's the beauty of the, that film was that back in 1994 how would anyone even have an inkling of what would you do? And the, an amazing thing, the soundtrack, the soundtrack, still one of the best soundtracks yeah. ever. I was going to talk I will meet you on the street yeah. if you want to argue this. <laughs> when, when I was listening to the soundtrack, I was trying to pick out anything that I knew. The only thing the you first might time, know... I'd heard this for the first time in like 20 years. Yes. And immediately, I think the first or second song I heard, I was like, that sounds familiar. And it was New Order or yeah. Joy Division. Yeah. You'll leave that kind of thing. There's three New Order, Joy Division, Stone Temple Pilots, one for me, one of the kings of grunge music, and The Cure. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. It was that kind of macabre, dark yes. sort of and pop music. For me, that's, that's why I love this film. You can't, you can take away anything you want. You can say, oh, yeah, but this thing. There is no 
Nothing about that film says it's factual. Nothing about no. it says no, we're trying to be factual. No. They're just going, what would you do? Yeah. And if you turn around and go, well, no, that wouldn't happen. Yeah. Well, how do you know how someone that will come back from the dead would act? And anyone. That's what's good about it. Yeah. Anyone that has been mistreated by the death of a relative would come back and want to kill every last fucking motherfucker of them, you, you wouldn't would, they? Would. And <laughs> I'm sorry, but that's the way you would react. And I can't think, at the time, at the time of making the film, 1994, pick an actor that could have played that film, played that role of Eric Draven, as good. Um, if, if I was to pick someone prior to even knowing that Brandon Lee existed, maybe, maybe, and this is a push now, Johnny Depp. That was all mm. I would have said. Only maybe, but some who that, else? Who else other than no, him? Do you know? Push, do you know what? Push Michael Wincott, the guy that played Top Dollar in it. Yeah, yeah. who was he, it Robin Hood? My yeah, head. he was. But yeah, he, yeah. if you'd have swapped him to the Brandon Lee role, I see. You, you could have. You could have done it because he is such an evil. He, he plays, but that's the thing. I think he plays Top Dollar so. Well. Oh, he does. Brilliantly. And I think, again, in casting in this film, Fun Boy, who un- <laughs> unfortunately so funny. was based <laughs> on a Iggy Pop slash Kurt Cobain style character. Yeah. Now, he's, he, <laughs> he was... I love his death. <laughs> it was his bullet that unfortunately took Brandon's life. But yeah. you, you look at him, um, you look at all of them, T-Bird, yeah. all of them. Yeah. It's, you, you look at Skank, you look, yeah. you're like... Do you it's, know what? I couldn't have thought of someone to play them roles. The strange thing enough, with T-Bird and Skank and all that, it's almost like, I'm just going to say I'm really obscure, if you made Grease an 18... No, no, it is that. Yeah. It is that. <laughs> it's they that, are this gang... It's that 50s, 60s sort of rock gang. They comes back. They are, yeah. They are their yeah. own... But they answered to someone. Yeah. T-Bird was the one they answered to, but yet they still had their own roles. Yeah. And, and, it was... and they carry on their sort of, uh, sort of, after they've died, they carry on they're living like fire they would. up. Yeah. Fire... Swallow a bullet for their lost ones. And it, and it genuinely was. They, I, I could, honestly, I, I probably should stop because I could go on about this film forever. Um... <laughs> I well, I no, have I, to say, Liam. I like I watched this two nights ago for the first time in twenty odd years, and apart from the odd minor sort of graphic thing, which can't be helped in a film that's twenty five years old, I actually really enjoyed it. The story of the film, the moral of the film, it. It still lives true today yep. in the fact yeah. that someone that was done wrong lived lived this life of love with this perfect woman, came back to avenge the people yep. that had done wrong, and and I say you could still make a film based on that premise yeah. today and, and have a hit so much yeah try and what they do, um, Sarah who. Well, the character of the young girl with skateboards. Yeah. Um, she never acted again after that film. Yeah, she Rachel never did Davis, because yeah. she could yeah. not cope with... Yeah. And she was a died. great little and actress. And she was superb as that. Yeah. She, she falls in that category of kid actors that, yeah. that, aren't, Just, that aren't shit. She yeah. was brilliant. Yeah. And still, yeah. the, I mean, for me, again, I watched Onions Make Your Bath. 
she doesn't have underdog Do dogs. <laughs> and to me, they're the simple lines that mattered in this film. It's like, she could have gone, I don't want dog. But it's just that simple lines. And Can't rain skating. all the time. And I, I grew up, again, I grew up a skateboarder. It was just, I, I, I cannot. Uh, many people probably could. Many people could argue this. And trust me, I'm a six foot three, sixteen stone guy. I'll meet you on the fucking street if you want. <laughs> this film, you, I cannot. I well, love. It's it's great. Right, Sorry, Liam, Scott. Liam, we know this is one of your favourite movies. Paul, you we'll gave it you away watch it again. <laughs> yeah, I, I actually, but enjoyed it. Yeah, in the big scheme of things in the world of movies and the history of fucking celluloid and all this shit, where does this fall? It's well, uh, it, I, I've. Obviously, seen the movie recently. I read how and why Brandon Lee died, and it is such a confusing. Confusing? That's what Sean Connery ah, says. Ah, it's confusing. Which <laughs> one? That's a confusing show. <laughs> He's going to snog in a minute. I should have said that. It is such a confusing tragic death yeah. because I was I was reading it and the fact that they Imagine were, they were using the blanks and they used because blanks the cost, they to a point to and then the person that was organising the guns Couldn't went off set enough. and they didn't clear out the bullets before they shot these blanks and it That's happened to have a live shell in and it, it's such a long-winded... And only a minuscule yeah, of it, gun paddle still in it. It right. is so horrendous. Yeah. And But saying that, if Brandon Lee had not have died in that film, I don't think it would have been as iconic as That's it is. That's what I wanted to bring up. It is a brilliant film. It is a beautiful story. I mean, and I, 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 I mean, I, honestly, I don't think you need to explain anymore. I, I, I agree. I, it's in in the same realm. We're not even in the same realm. Um, Heath Ledger with the Joker. Yeah. He Brandon Lee reminded his, me of that in the role. Really they both, good. in that sense, they both fucked up their own life to be that role, which is superb for method acting. Um, Heath Ledger unfortunately took his own life by accident by doing it, but with Brandon Lee. If that film, if he hadn't died, would it? I, I, I'm, I would kind of a hundred percent go with the same sense of uh, Nirvana would be a shit band if Kurt Cobain lived. <laughs> yeah, um, true. And I'd argue anyone with that because, in my sense, that um, I, I genuinely think Brandon Lee could have gone on to become a super oh, action yeah. hero. Yeah. yeah, his dad yeah, was. Yeah, um, there was things like um, the thing he did with Dolph Lundgren. Uh, uh, Big Trouble in Little China. Uh, little yeah, that's what Tokyo, I was going to uh, say. It was like yeah. Little Tokyo or whatever it was. Yeah. But that, he, and he had the ability. He was 26, I could be wrong. I'm sure he was 26 when he died, which is no age. And who's to say what he could have gone to? Look at Sly, look at Arnie, look at Jean-Claude. They all got bigger in their 30s. So who'd say what could have? What could have happened, we don't know. Yeah. But I, I, I will 100% back what Paul said in that if he hadn't died, would the film be a, such a great success? I very much doubt it. I think you turn around and say to someone, Romeo and Juliet is a huge success in film, in book, in tragedy, 
because they die, not because anyone survives from it. Yeah. No one cares about the film where they or the book where they live happily. They care about the ones that die. Yeah. Macbeth is such a huge film, a huge read, because of death. Death makes people want more. And I think that's why The Crow, as a cult classic, the original, yeah. don't get me wrong, they made one with Michel Fife in it, they made one with David Boreness in it. All shit, all pieces yeah. of piss. So, it spawned so many remakes, yeah. sequels, whatever. Including from the but, man who wrote the comics wanting to make more. He, yeah. I think he felt, I can get more, let's make more. Oh, shit. And, and yeah. they made poor fit. Why are they still making it? Wanting to make it now? No. If if you want to grasp at something, why are they still making Star Wars films? Why are they, they do say though something that can make money. They do say though, <sighs> but because they had to, because he died like eight days before the end of female filming. Female. Female. Because <laughs> 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 he died eight days before the end of filming. Yeah. Um, they had to reshoot some of the last scenes. Some of the scenes with a different actor and change the way it ended that it made the film a much better film yeah they um there's only one scene that you that they actually put a different actor in um but there there's a few that they because obviously films are not made in sequence they're not made first second no no they're made in different shots um as we all know and with that um they said that some of the first scenes were not brand new it, and I think that's why the film became amazing. Yeah, because for years after that film, the the rumour was the way he died was um, on the table when all the gangster yes. bosses were around. Him and they said that all the shots at him yeah. were fired. But it was actually the very first scene yeah. that you see in the film when his partner or his wife or fiancé, sorry... Yeah is at the time, yep. that that's when he got shot because they'd shot it already with blanks. Yep. They'd taken the blanks out and put in the ones that fire out a little bit of heat, uh, heat but not up. check the guns yep. and check that the actual bullet part it has been a, kept in the gun. It was a prime example of early 90s Hollywood not doing what they should have. Yeah skimping on costs yeah. and they got people on set to clear bullets which yeah. is stupid because you can buy blanks but yeah it was an, a pure the guy that played fun boy had done it yeah i think he was in a couple more films he's I, i'm sure he's dead now um he he maybe been a few but for so many years of his life he felt that he killed a superstar yeah because because brandon lee he like, was the son of the greatest martial artist on yeah. earth and the guy who played Fonbo, I can't think of his name again. Um, Michael Messi. It, was it Michael Messi that played Michael him? Michael Messi was Fonbo. Yeah. And, and it's, you're going to think, I killed this man. Yeah. Regardless, regardless who you yeah. are. You How, could be however much an accident it is, yeah. if Robert you fired it, that shot. Then you've killed yeah. that man. Yeah. Whether the court said, and how can you carry on? Anyone yeah. in the film, and I think that was what plays into the film. And it had such a small budget. I mean, extremely small. Twenty-three budget. million dollars, which yep. in this but day and age now. is like one show of a TV yep. series, yep. isn't it? <laughs> it's like tiny. You look at what it grows now. It had um, the uh, I can't think of his damn name. He was um, the assistant who was also Candyman. 
Who played Candyman? The the uh, really extremely large Tony, tall Tony Todd. That's him. Yeah, he played Candyman, and he was the assistant that was obviously in charge of. You need to get rid of the crow. You need to get rid of Eric Draven. Yeah. Um, but for me, in regards to bad guys, they cast extremely well in yeah. the grunge scene. Yeah. They, they they picked Michael a, Wincott. Yeah, uh, he's just a natural badass. He's <laughs> a nasty it? bastard. Yeah, he is. Let's just reel this in a bit. In in the realm of Hollywood movies and classic movies, mm. I know Liam is going to be very biased in his answer to this. <laughs> I'll give you that. So I'm going to go straight to Paul before I go to you. How do you rate this movie, Paul? Is it? <laughs> Um, oh. Right, I I watched this movie you bastard. for the first time in like oh. 15, 20 years. Yeah. Right. And I watched it with a thinking of, what has Liam chosen here? I'm thinking, what a load of shit this is going to be. Fucking dead. Yeah, right. but... But... I have to say, like, thinking it was going to be sort of on the edge of horror, which I'm not a horror fan yeah. at all. We got that from Douglas Yeah. <laughs> I really liked this movie. I thought the moral to it, the fact that it was an anti-hero, I loved it. I, so, I think that as a cult movie especially, this is a great movie. Yeah. If Brandon Lee had died or not, I still think this should have been a fucking brilliant movie. Okay. I actually loved it. In a sense <laughs> of following up from Paul's yeah. um, comment, because um, obviously you asked of the Hollywood and the film. Yeah, just in, um, in, in, in general. Yeah, how would um, this sit in? Like, that, that, that's what I was asking from Paul, because... Yeah. Uh, and by all means, I genuinely it's, love his review of it's, it. It's not going to be there in the but 250. Say that, that, that's what I was just wondering, yeah. and I, and I love the film. I was just wondering from Paul's point of view where it would rank in a film critic review of Hollywood. It would not rank in any of them. I promise really? you that. I promise you. No, in not. your opinion, not as in. And that, that's what I mean in Paul's opinion, because has how mm. he's just said about the meaning that regardless of where Brandon Lee died not. That's what I mean in Paul's opinion. Because obviously film critics is just their own arsehole's opinion. It's not a legitimate opinion. It's not just film critics. I think that people's opinions of films are similar to your favourite piece of music. Or, but it, or it's, it's to the time. No, not even that, mate. You've got your favourite piece of music. Films are quite subjective. Though, that you, you have your own favourite movie, the same that you have your own favourite piece of music. I think I'm very no. I think in that sense that in regards, as you mentioned about music, Scott. Um, I, if I was to say two songs right now, if I say favourite songs right now, right now, top of my head, "Stay Away to Heaven" by Led Zeppelin and "Nothing Else Matters" by Metallica. Two songs right there. Yep. Name no, people would struggle to hate them songs. Yeah. Yeah. But both of them songs make me think. Same as what The Cure did, same as what Stunt and Pilot did with The Crow soundtrack. I would think The Crow is that sort of film that it's one of them hidden, and, and I say hidden as in, if you say someone, name your top ten films, they name ten, and then you go, what about The Crow? And they're like, 
Oh, do you know what? Fuck up. Oh, shit. It's right. one of the films that people don't remember until you tell them. Uh, if, do you know what I mean? It's not... Well, yeah. Well, you're not forced to like it, but it's there. It's, it's difficult to say, and I'm saying this on I understand twice. what you mean. It's like, as you said, going back to music, you, you, you name your top three or whatever, and then someone says, Bohemian Rhapsody. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. It's, that's what I mean. It's one of them it's, hidden. It's like it's a guilty one that, pleasure that's well, not that guilty. Every you know time I mean? it's on or you hear it, you'll think, "Oh yeah, that is one of my favourites." But it goes out of your memory. <laughs> I mean, Scott, I failed to ask. Sorry, what are your views on such a film? Because <laughs> I've mentioned Liam, one. I wouldn't. I wouldn't ask. Oh, I mean, it's fine, because I'll take a glass of a punch here, but <laughs> what do you think, sir? Classic. Mm. And That's why I always... If, I can if, understand why people like it and people love it. For me, okay, I watched it at the time, liked it. That's it, I've done it, it's filed away, I'm not going to see think it again. That, that's the thing, is that, that that's why that becomes, um, like, and I would stay the same, I, stay, I would state the same, as in Stand By Me, things like Sorry, and even Goonies, they are cult yeah. classics. Yeah. You like them because of certain things at that certain time that made you think so. Lost Boys not. type thing. Yeah, you watch yeah. any of them films right now as a newbie, you are going to go, oh, what the shit. hell? Yeah. But they are films that are cult. Um, a Wonderful Life is a classic. The Crow is a cult classic because yeah. it appeals to a certain genre. And that's why I yeah. think, and that's why I don't. If someone turns around and says to me, the crow's yeah. crap. I'll go if thanks. If you've got a, I don't like, hate someone to say if you've that. got someone that's 23, 24, 25 to, to watch American Wealth in London now. They would laugh. They would laugh their ass off. Unless they've been the time called. Yes! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that was coming. <laughs> but unless they know why they use Tunnel Call Road. But it's one of those films that, from our age, it was a classic. No, it was. It was a fucking. It, it was the creepiest sorry. fucking horror film. And, yeah. and it is. Yeah. I, I didn't watch The Exorcist until two I'd, years ago. I'd yeah. never seen two, The Exorcist two in years full ago. until two years ago. And, and I think that was a brilliant sorry. film. <laughs> sorry, Scott. Sorry. No, honestly, guys, I, I could see her doing this forever, but we've got to fucking wind this up because. Okay, so. Final thoughts on The Crow, Paul. For a film that's 20 plus years old, 24 yeah. years old, mm-hmm. and on the graphic aspect of it, it doesn't really stand the test of time, but the story and the moral of it really does. Yeah. I think it's a great film that if remade in the correct way, without throwing too much extra at it, would be a good film. But even for a 94 film, I I, I truly believe, I enjoyed it thoroughly watching it two nights ago for the first time in 20-odd years. As as a piece of cinema. Yeah, as a piece of cinema. You could tell where it was dated. There's there's no arguing that. But you still that. enjoyed it. But I still thoroughly enjoyed it. Okay, Liam, I we we know your thing. Stupidly you? asking me. It's you it, like this, didn't you? It, yeah. <laughs> it's shit. No. Uh, it it will. I, I cannot answer why. I cannot answer when or who or what. But it 
has always been and probably always will be my favourite film. For some reason or another. That's a bit the kids speech. Your favourite yeah. film. I it I, I was as a young teenager, I think I watched it at the same time that I was and this is a very this is a very sombre moment I'd say. Um <laughs> Just because in case I'm going to lose gay. Um, you, you do need our, our thing, our tune fire. Um, Simon Mayer. But I think it came at the time that I was in love. I My background in my life, which doesn't fucking matter for this shit, but. You were in love for a crime. It's. No, regardless. It was. I just. For me, it was. I was a skater, a punk, a grunge, or whatever. And for somebody that had. That I wasn't anything. I wasn't somebody that was fucking ponzi pricky or fucking pamby or shit. I didn't have a name or title. So this film to me meant more than any shit that someone come up with because it wasn't fucking artsy fartsy or namby pamby. It was, it was real. It was for somebody that had shit going on. The guy who wrote that comic lost his wife and kid from a drive-by fucking pisshead, and that's real. I don't need someone to uh, walk the Green Mile, which I love that film. I don't need someone to fly into fucking space, which I love films like. <laughs> I don't need anyone to do that to make you go, what the fuck? That film hit me as a kid to go, there's, you can still fight something whether you're here or not. It, it, to me as a kid, it meant don't fucking give up. There's nothing worth, if you love something enough and... As fucking gay as it fucking sounds, and I apologise to an honest gay because I don't mean that in that sense, but it's why people give up so easily on something they loved. And that film, to me, at the time, it hit me when the point was like, I, it helped me to think, you know what, fuck it, I'm going to say to someone that I like them. When I was getting bullied as a 13-year-old, when I was 15, it meant I could say I loved them. At 13, I, I was scared that people would judge me for one, but a film like The Crow made me go, fuck you. Yeah. I, I'm a, I'm a sweaty fucking grungy kid that had bad skin and ginger hair. Who cares? But that's what films should do. A film should make so, you want to change I'm your life. So it's, glad you said it's that. It's enabling you to show your emotions. It, it it just it helped me in. I'm not a, people could anyone that doesn't know me or doesn't know what I am. Now now 2018. I'm six foot three, sixteen half stone. Guy that goes to the gym, that's that's fine. I might with tattoos, I might in a beard, I might look like scary. But as a kid, I was a skinny little fuck that got bullied, and The Crow was a film that made me go fuck you, fuck everyone, fuck, fuck your politics, fuck your religion. Fuck. That made me go, I can be who I want and not give a shit about what you say because if it goes wrong, I'll come back and fuck you up and still get what I want. I'm so glad. Films that that's a film yeah, that makes me change my life. I've I've always said that. The music is very personal to people. Yeah. And I will never judge people on their music. Yeah, yes. And films is exactly the same for me. Yeah. And if that is the thing that hits your buttons, mate, fuck that. It, it, it's genuinely why I'd say if someone that ever listened to this wanted to be big, and, big enough and brave enough to ever call me out, I would happily fight you on the cobbles. <laughs> because my, my life to me meant more... From watching the film that meant, do you know mm. what, you can put fucking makeup on your face, you can dress as a goth, you can dress as what, music, and the film was based me around the, uh, around the music song, you can be what the fuck you want, and if someone tells you different, tell them to go fuck themselves, because at the end of the day, all you got is you, and that, 
for me is unfortunately what Brandon Lee showed me is that fuck fuck everything. We we're, there's only one of us. We're gonna live and we can do it with life. If someone takes someone from us, if we love them, that can never be taken. It might be left with ashes, but your mum, your dad, your nan, your granddad, whoever's taken, will always they'll always be there, no matter fucking what. Fuck it. The management of this theater suggests that for the greater entertainment of your friends who have not yet seen the picture, you will not divulge to anyone the secret of the ending. Jamboree is worse than two cats on a fence. You dudes get lost now, you hear? Good night, ladies. Good night, sir. When you feel down, try positive thinking. That's what I told the man said. Don't wear a frown. Try positive thinking. Laugh at your troubles instead. You've got to look on the bright side. On hope so much depends With your confidence sinking Positive thinking Helps you on the way, my friend When things look black Try positive thinking Treat every season as spring No glancing back Try positive thinking Trust what tomorrow may bring This crazy world that we live in We'll keep on spinning round But with good, strong, positive thinking We'll get together and life